So, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> it's two Patrick's back there. Yeah. That's the that's 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 the deal. It's gonna be one of these things all night long. Although I do usually just say Pilo. Yeah, I think it's we're gonna have thing. to roll with that. Did anybody tonight. ever call you Pilo before we all started calling you Pilo? Yeah, I mean a little, but I've been called everything, man. P Diddy. I, I would I believe that. P Dog, Pilo. <laughs> I've been called everything too. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the uh, but yeah this is uh so we got two patrick's on um and we are going to get to a little bit more of him in a minute this might be a nightmare because i'm gonna say patrick and they're both going to respond but anyway <laughs> good thing is they're both smarter than i am so let's go ahead and get to the show welcome to to the top talk Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk, the original and longest-running Southern Miss podcast in the market. We are recording this on, I know this one, I know this one, December the 11th. Below. Hey, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> From beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi, here as always with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. Joining me now, the one and only Patrick Lowry. Yo, happy birthday. Thanks, man. I, uh, you know, yeah, I didn't go. To, uh, I was going to go have a, a steak dinner. Yeah, that's what you told me. Well, instead, I went to Wendy's. <laughs> Yikes. The same. <laughs> uh, so, chili with some crackers. Now, the, the deal is, so I, I wanted to have a steak dinner. Number one, Jack had basketball practice tonight. Number two, Don and Ellie's didn't open on Mondays. Oh. Could have gone to Sully's. Could have gone to... Benson's could have gone to well, I think Bourbon. Bourbon it's not open on Mondays either. I don't think so. But I want to go to Down in LA, so we're going to do it tomorrow night. Um, so uh, of course today's episode is brought to you by Fourth Street Bar and Grill, Hattiesburg's premier neighborhood sports bar. Not only do they have the home, the famous homestyle plate lunches Monday through Friday, but they also have weekly drink specials. Makes 4th Street Bar and Grill your go-to spot for all Southern Miss games, home and away. 4th Street Bar and Grill. We install and service hangovers. And before we get to the rest of the show, uh, we want to remind you guys that we also have a YouTube channel now. Please go and subscribe to it. Uh, we're going to be doing these live things every, I don't know, uh, once or twice a month probably, unless they go really good. And I think we're getting closer to buying that board where we can actually yes. have call-ins. So, the the live portion will be just like a normal call-in show that everybody used to enjoy in Hattiesburg, and we hadn't had one in quite a while, so we're going to get back to it. Uh, what happened since the last time we recorded? Well, we played some basketball games, both men and the women. Mm -hmm. um, had several players announce their intentions moving forward uh, football-wise. We hired an offensive coordinator, and, and we've heard a lot of speculation on who the defensive coordinator might be. Uh, we learned that a former Southern Miss golfer has earned the top honor, has earned a top honor in the in the golf world, and we booked a great guest. Uh, you might have heard of him or heard him before on Buzzardry Podcast, or maybe even on To the Top Talk. He's super smart, super informed, and guaranteed to teach you something you don't know tonight. Welcome to the show, Patrick McGee. 
Uh, glad, yeah, glad to be on. I appreciate that introduction. Maybe a little bit too nice, but yeah, glad to be on and uh, happy birthday to, uh, to Jason. I told you that on, on, uh, DM when you talked about, uh, what time we were going to be doing this, but I want to do it on air too, but, uh, yeah, glad to be on. Well, appreciate it, man. And, and this is, uh, this is Patrick McGee. So on Twitter, that's at WPMCGEE. I have to be, uh, I have to clarify because there's another Patrick McGee that yes. you probably get confused with a lot i would think right yeah sometimes that can be kind of fun where uh <laughs> you know people will be mad at him and that'll be confusing and people they'll say oh well, which one do you mean and uh but yeah it's uh kind of funny but i guess it's what, got... go ahead well i mean what are the odds of that uh, yeah there's... there's a lot of patrick mcgee's out there there's also a guy that um uh, Patrick McGee spelled the exact same way as mine. That was like he was a coach at PCS for a second, like football, like an assistant football coach. And now he's uh, at ULM in some uh, capacity. So there's a lot of Patrick McGee's out there. And I guess they're all kind of concentrated in, you know, Hattiesburg and, and South Mississippi for uh, for whatever reason. So there's a lot of Jasons out there. I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't met too many Jason Bailey's. There is one in Jackson that plays a lot of drums. And I play some drums. Uh, and some yeah. people have said, like, hey, are you playing in that band? I'm like, no, not at <laughs> all. But the, the, the deal with my name, everybody named Jason is my age. Like, I don't know anybody that's named Jason that is like eight years old, or I don't know anybody named Jason that's like 80 years old. They're all my age. Everyone yeah, yeah. within like a, a 10 year stretch, or maybe even smaller than that. So I don't know what was going on 47 well, that, years ago. I but, know. Uh, um, yeah, Jason's weird. It's like, you know, it, it goes with trends like Disney movies and like there's all the uh, Jasmines and the all the princess movies and names. But there was a Patrick Lowry on uh, NC State. Well, actually, we played them in the rock. Remember that several years back? Yeah, uh, 06. Yep. There we go. See, that's why, that's why we probably there we go. right there. 06. It was uh, my junior <laughs> year and they had a linebacker named Patrick Lowry. And uh, back then it was actually cool uh in the early days of facebook to uh become friends with people that had your similar name so i think we're still like facebook <laughs> friends although i've like never talked to him uh because wow. again like facebook back then you have to remember like there was nothing a lot to do besides like create a group uh or write on somebody's wall or poke uh somebody there was really not a lot to do so we were Poking. like what are we gonna do i remember that yeah uh and so yeah so Patrick, Larry, shout out Patrick uh, McGee. What what is up with with buzzardry? I know that Ben uh, had an opportunity to go to Monroe, uh, working with uh, I, I guess, working with athletics. I think the women. Yeah, sports? women's bat women's basketball. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's started there and he's working with uh, Miss Builderback, who I, I know a little bit. I haven't spoken to her in a long time, but she was at uh, at PCS as uh, mm -hmm. head women's basketball coach there. Won a bunch and. Uh, she was at Jones, and now she's at ULM. But yeah, as for buzzardry, you know, right now just kind of in a pause. Uh, possibly could bring it back uh, uh, one day. I, I just yeah, don't really know. Just yeah, kind of in a prolonged pause, and we'll see uh, if it'll potentially be relaunched or or what. But yeah, right now it's just kind of uncertain. I guess is the best way to uh, to put it. So you know, it's weird. Uh, the few shows that I've done completely by myself on the pod. It's really weird. <laughs> Talk yeah. to yourself. There has yeah. to be at least one other person. There, and there's only so many interviews you can do. And it's even different. Like when we were at the radio station for a little while, 
you can even that's 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 a little easier you know talking yeah. to yourself and watching the clock and you can just have the conversation but for whatever reason sitting in like my living room or whatever yeah, just talking to myself is is it's really a strange, strange feeling and, and yeah. I, a really good podcast i follow the guy calls them solo episodes all the time uh he does like one a week and but his producer is sitting there with them and they're like talking and he's teeing him up for questions so yeah going truly solo is a weird experience very much so like i can feel i can like hear myself breathe yeah i'm laughing at my own joke it's just you know yeah i'm it's 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 no good uh i do i do not <laughs> if you're going to go back and listen to some episodes don't don't go listen to any of those because they're really bad um so so patrick you also you went to did you go to every football game this year i know you set out saying you're going to go to every football game uh, if you did god bless you um but did you end up making it to all 12 games all right so i ended up making it to 10 out of 12 after the south alabama game i kind of it was it was so disgusting that i was like you know what i'm not going to go to app state which now i kind of really wish i did because that ended up being a pretty good game you know where usm right. was in it until the end and uh you know a lot of people said that that was a great experience just the the atmosphere at app state and uh you know just kind of the I guess the the product around the game and just the atmosphere around the game was really great. But no, I, I didn't go to that one, and then I didn't go to the uh, the Lafayette game on uh, on Thursday night. But then I they brought me back in uh, to go to Starkville. I uh, got my hopes up a little bit after those two wins going up to state. Uh, but yeah, so every game, all six home games, and then uh, four out of six uh, with the two misses being App and uh, and ULO. So. And that, I mean, and, and those two games might have been the best two games that we played. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> on the road, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and and so, I mean, what were your expectations before the year started? I, I want to say that the over under was four and a half uh, from Vegas. And looking back on it, I can see what they were talking about. But at the time, I thought that was insane. Uh, what were your expectations? I mean, something made you want to go to all these games, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think you go back and listen to our buzzardry preview. I thought this was going to be an eight-win team. I really thought that they were going, uh, you know, I set eight and four with the win over Tulane. And uh, I thought, I think I said the four losses were going to be App, South, FSU, and State. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of felt like the natural progression was, you know, you win three in the first year, and then you win seven in year two with Hull. And I kind of thought you were going to see kind of, I mean, really, eight wins with this, you know, really difficult schedule would have been like, you know, nine with the normal schedule. So I felt like that would have been just kind of the continued rise. And it just didn't happen uh, this year for, you know, a, a myriad of reasons. The defense uh, regressed, and I think that was a big part of it. I think that was really, you know, the, the most of the success from a year ago. You can look back at the defense, but you also lost uh, Jason Brownlee, which, you know, really we ended up being a lot bigger loss than people thought. Uh, just because his ability to you know catch those 50-50 balls. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, just uh, didn't meet expectations. But, yeah, heading into the year, I thought this was definitely a bold team, and I definitely wouldn't have thought it was a 3-9 you know, and nine team like it ended up being. So, Right. Right. And, and you know, as somebody who went to 10 of 12, and, and I'm sure you kept up with the other two, um, I mean, was there something – did you notice anything game to game that kind of seemed off, like body language, effort, finger-pointing? anything like that kind of stick out uh not really i'm I'm not a big uh I'm, I'm not great at reading body language i guess especially you know <laughs> being that far away from it but uh i mean even at the game but you know you're not like up close you know seeing uh you know exact but 
Um, yeah, I, I just think it was uh, you lost some personnel personnel between players and coaches with the loss of Armstrong, and then losing some really key pieces uh, defensively, and then uh, with, with Brownlee, I think those losses. I think you kind of thought, well, you know, you bring in Dan O'Brien, and that was going to bring some continuity or continuity, and that way you weren't going to see a big drop off of defense, but the defense, you know, had that big drop off, and then you know, offense just. Really, you know, kind of continuing the trend of what you've kind of seen is the, you know, musical chairs with the quarterback where you can't settle on a quarterback. And, you know, I think Ethan Crawford uh, is a guy that has um, some potential and he showed some upside in those last two or three games. Um, but, you know, even then, he's not, he's not a finished product yet. And, he, you know, he only played those last couple games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the uh, similar things that we've been talking about with the whole era with you, you haven't been able to find the quarterback, but also, you know, dropping off in defense, which, you know, had been, you know, the strength of the program in uh, Hall's first two years. Right, yeah, and lost some key pieces to that defense with, you know, like E. Scott going to the Cowboys and Malik Short. So I I looked at it as being the leader of that team and the one guy that could probably get up in people's faces and and expect a little bit more yeah. like them, you know, like Marchant Kenny back in the day probably did, like T.J. Slaughter probably did, and they were gone. Then you got a wide receiver playing cornerback and a punt return. You know, it's just – a lot of things happened, and and you hit on a lot of them right there. Uh, as far as this next question that I have, but what needs do you think to be uh, need to be addressed for next year? Like maybe if you had like your top three things, like look, if nothing else happens, these three things right here have to happen next year for us to have a shot. Well, I think you got to find a quarterback. I mean, that's kind of been the uh, thing that has really plagued the program. And the you mean. It's, it's kind of like the uh, the uh, the jersey of the Cleveland Browns uh, uh, with all the quarterbacks they've had since, or starting with like Tim Couch, and that's kind of what it, it has felt like felt like at USM ever since Nick Mullins graduated. You've just been cycling through quarterbacks, and some have, have been better than others. But you got to find that guy, and that could be Ethan Crawford, uh, or it could be some, it could be John White, um, or it could be someone from the portal that we're not even thinking of. But you got to find that quarterback, and I think. Uh, a linebacker play, I think you got to find. You had, I mean, you were old in the linebacker room this year. Those guys are leaving. Uh, so you, you got to be able to bring some linebackers in and, you know, develop some of those younger guys. So I, I would say, number one, quarterback play, just because of how important that position is, you know, the most important position in sports, you, you could say. And then uh, linebacker just felt like there's a lot of turnover there. Um, so th- those are the, kind of the two things that I'm kind of looking at, as well as, I mean, really receiver, too. Uh, uh, and you know, I think the staff is really going to have to look at you know bringing in some portal receivers through you know, I mean, transfers or JUCO guys or developing some of these younger guys. But you know, you're losing Caston, uh, you're losing Latrell Jones, so those are two pretty pretty big losses. So, right. Uh, in your in your opinion, what makes next year a success? Like, what does Hall have to do? I mean, the, the, to, to keep his job. And this is what you're going to – and pr- probably the entire offseason, this is what you're going to hear. Um, we heard it with Ladner, you know, in, in his kind of lame duck year, and, and it turned out great. Uh, basketball is probably a little bit easier to do that in. If you get two superstars, you know, then then that's, that's, that's two of the five out there. Getting that stud quarterback can go a long way considering he touches it every single time. But in your opinion, you know, what, what saves Coach's job next year? 
Uh, I think seven wins. I feel like seven wins is is what he needs to do. Just just my personal opinion. But I think if uh, if you can't get a winning regular season record in year four, I think that's going to upset a lot of people. And look, next year's schedule is pretty manageable. I mean, you swap out Ohio State for Kentucky, mm-hmm. which I mean, Kentucky you'll still be an underdog, but you know you're not playing a playoff contender. You know, you're playing more of a, you know middle of the pack SEC team. And then you look at you, you know those other three games. You look at Jacksonville State, which had a good year, and CUSA, but you know they're still transitioning up. Uh, you play South Florida. Uh, this, you know, really, I think they went from one and eleven to six and six, and they have a good recruiting class coming in. But that's still a home game against, you know, a five hundred AAC team. I think that's you know easier than what Tulane was this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's winnable. And then you have your FCS game against Southeastern, which has been a good FCS program. I don't think they had a great year this year. Uh, but certainly you expect to win an FCS game. And then you just look in the league. I mean, you get uh, South Allen at home. I mean, that's a game you really want to win at this point because now you've lost. At some point in my lifetime, that would be nice. Yes. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> almost it's almost the reverse of uh, what USM used to do to UAB. USM won the first, whatever, nine mm-hmm. uh, against UAB. And then UAB, you know, eventually started, you know, stringing together uh, uh, some wins. And you kind of want to see, you know, that happen where maybe South dominate. They've dominated the series early, but you want to see USM kind of catch up there. Uh, the series, I mean, you get ULL at home, and then, uh, but I mean, you look at Troy, looking like that could be a potentially easier game now with uh, with John Summerall going to Tulane. You're going to get Marshall at home, according to Hall. He said that on the hotline. That was going to be one of the crossover games at home. You do have to go to JMU on the road, but I mean, that looks like that could be a, maybe a little bit easier, just because they also have a coaching change. So I think it's a pretty manageable schedule. And I think, you know, year four, you have to finish with a winning regular season record at a minimum uh, for people to kind of get their confidence back up about the staff. So that's that's kind of why I land on seven and five or, or better. I'll take it. Anyway, in, anyway, in, anyway, we can get some more points on the board, some more butts in the seats and some more W's in the win column. Then uh, I, I will definitely take that. Um, yeah, I feel and, like the South Alabama curse could be my fault. Well, I remember. Are- I just, I just remember them. You know, state them. You know, losing uh, or state losing uh, to them, and I think I let every state person that I knew uh, <laughs> hear about it, and um, I think it's just a little karma coming back to bite me so it's really weird when i'm talking about it with people who don't keep up with southern miss they'll you know expect like a thanksgiving and you know the holiday season like how'd the season go you know and hey how about the you know i saw you guys look pretty bad against south alabama and i have to tell them like you know we've never beat them like it doesn't even seem possible (laughs) you know words to come out of my mouth like no we've we've never won that game it's it's unbelievable um but but yeah so that's hey Patrick, uh, thank you for the insight on that. And um, and who knows? Uh, maybe in the off season, we all kind of talk about it, and we'll, we'll all make plans to 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 go to all twelve games next year. I hope that I want. Right now, I'm not positive I want to go to Eagle Walk, much less like all twelve <laughs> games. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and even though we are not, the video is not going out on this. You can see my shirt that I'm wearing here. You guys, the G Spot shirt. Good. Yep. There's another guy sitting two two seats down from me that had a G spot shirt on. I want to get my picture made with him, and I, I just never did it. I looked over there after a while, and he was gone. Um, but Patrick, uh, before we get to the rest of this, or, or, or Pilo, before we get to the there rest of go. this, yeah, it's gonna be a struggle all night. Um, I remind everybody, never call me Patrick. I know it's <laughs> it's tough. It's not easy. Um, but remind everybody how they can go and get themselves a G spot shirt. 
yeah so uh holiday shopping is still have a little bit of time left you're looking at like what two weeks uh left um so uh, i can't think of a better opportunity to go to bonfire.com slash store slash to the top talk uh or if you go to any of our social uh that link tree link will get you directly there uh and like jason said there's a i think we're at nine or ten basketball shirts and uh, maybe the time um, very, very soon. I'm going to throw this out there, so I'll do it. Uh, we have a new uh, Pete Taylor Park shirt coming soon. Really? Yes. Do I know about this one? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I've kept it under wraps. Wow. But yeah, new baseball t-shirt coming and uh, exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Love it. Uh, we're going to update the poll results from last week. Uh, there was a lot of engagement on this one and a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of incorrect people. Yes. Uh, but the, 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 the poll was better Christmas movie. And notice I said better Christmas movie. I didn't say the best. So I got a lot of comments saying, look, you left this one off of it. I'm like, bro, you got four spots. All right. So I put better <laughs> Christmas movie. The options were Christmas vacation, miracle on 34th street, home alone and die hard. And Christmas Vacation ran away with it with 48%. 29% goes to Home Alone. Die Hard at 15% and 8% Miracle on 34th Street. So, Patrick, I don't know if you voted in this, but there's some serious controversy over this Die Hard thing. And I'm a firm believer that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. The entire movie's on Christmas, right? Uh, they're at a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza. So, what are your thoughts on on that list right there that I just read off? And what are your thoughts on Die Hard? Well, I feel bad because the only film I've seen out of those uh, four that you listed is uh, Home Alone. And I kind of feel bad about it just because I've started to get it in the movies the last, you know, 15 or so months. But so I, but I've never seen Die Hard, which I probably need to before. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, before Christmas gets here, so I can't give an informed opinion on that. But just based on that list, I would have to say just because it's the only one I've seen, Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone it, gets hundred percent of your vote. In the, in the yes, show. yes. Oh, Christmas Vacation. Oh man. Yeah, how can you just not accidentally see Christmas Vacation? Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to think of those. That was another one, but no, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. So. Oh my God. Well, you got to report uh, back. We're going to have you on in January and you're going to report yes. back. Yes. You've seen all four of these movies, all four, and you'll have, you'll have a percentage to, 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 to divvy out. Right. Let's get to some basketball. We're leading off with the women, uh, even though the men are trying to work their way back into the, back into the lead category of the show, but the women have just been killing it. I've become a fan. Not that I haven't been, I want USM to win and whatever. If we're playing somebody in checkers, I want us to do it. I have yep. to win it all, but I go to most of the men's games. I don't go to a lot of the women's games. Pilo and I went and checked out the Ole Miss game at Reed Green Coliseum. And man, I dig it. You know, people like Dom Davis and Seeper and, and Malai Green. I just, the whole thing uh it's it's a it's it's really fun to watch so uh the women played this week uh pilo you want to get us caught up on what went down yeah so uh i mean i hate i hate to say it but you know we knew we weren't going to go undefeated all season so you kind of have to get that first one but hard fault 
Uh, game on the road, lost at 69-67, so that puts us at 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, so far, had a chance to kind of tie it up uh, or win it late. Uh, ran a play for Dom, and it just couldn't uh, couldn't make it happen. Uh, Lady Eagles were up five points with two minutes to go. Tigers tied it with 43 seconds left and would hang on for the win. Uh, Lady Eagles outscore Memphis 34-20 to 20 in the paint. That's impressive. Uh, Eagles just 2 of 10 from the three-point uh, range in Memphis, 10 of 26. So uh, that, I mean, to only lose by two and they make 10 threes and we make two is, um, wow. Um, yeah, I thought it was crazy during the game. So so the, the color commentator uh, on ESPN Plus was like, well, that's going to be the difference right there is, you know, like USM hadn't made any threes and Memphis is making all these threes. And I'm looking at the score. I'm like, dude, it's a two-point game. I mean, just yeah. you're making a you're making a really big point about about not making the three pointers when, and then we took the lead, right? Uh, which which those last two minutes it just kind of went downhill. But uh, individually, Dom Davis, 25 points. She played 39 minutes. She was nine of 12 from the field. Malaya Grayson, 15 points, five rebounds in 23 minutes. Uh, she she got into some foul trouble. Uh, one call was was particularly bad. Where the, she she got teed up uh, for a flagrant. Um, the stat guy sent us some stats, so you can follow him at USM underscore stats underscore info. Uh, offensive rebounds, USM had six, Memphis had sixteen. Total field goal attempts, USM had forty-eight, Memphis had sixty-six. So that's where those offensive rebounds came in. Yep. You keep giving them shots at it. It's remarkable we only lost by two. Um, and after going up five, our largest lead. With two minutes left, we were outscored eleven to four to close out the game. So just kind of ended poorly. Um, Patrick, what what are your takeaways from that game? Did you get to watch that game? Yeah, so I, I think I was going off full full bad about that. I was I think I was going at the same time as the Saints game. So I was watching uh, the Saints game for most of it. But I know the Memphis hit a, had a late shot and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of going back to the the season as a whole. I mean, you, you kind of felt like there was going to be a maybe possibly a letdown just because. You know, you beat an Ole Miss team, a top 25 Ole Miss team at home, a super emotional uh, game. And then you go on the road and, uh, you know, you drop one. But I think, if, I don't know, or the upcoming schedule will be like Cleveland State and Florida Gulf Coast, or is that two weeks from now? No, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, December 20th versus Cleveland State and Florida Gulf Coast the next day on uh, the 21st. Yeah, those are two pretty big games because I was – uh, looking at like the Massey ratings, and I think both of those are top 100 teams. Those are both solid programs. So if you go there and you know split, or you know, especially if you take two out of or two out of two, uh, I think you you know you kind of say, well, that kind of offsets the uh, the Memphis loss. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still definitely been a great start. You know, seven and one, I believe is what you guys said. Mm-hmm. Seven, mm-hmm. yeah, seven and one. You have a top 25 win, and your only loss is by two. I mean, you had to say the season is a success so far. Pilo, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't get a chance to watch it either. Uh, I honestly forgot, and we were busy running around like crazy this weekend. Um, so <clears throat> uh, I really hate it. I I caught that very end, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, well I, I mean, yeah, the deal is like we're fine, right? Yeah, we lost this oh, yeah. game. We, we we had a chance to win. We had it kind of won, honestly, uh, right there at the end. That would have been two humongous wins. I uh, would have definitely been in the top 25. Stuff to win on the road, right? 
uh, especially at Memphis. It's just not easy to do. But this team is bought in and efficient. And they're, they, you know what they do? They never panic. We got down by a bunch of men kind of do this too, honestly. Uh, I guess that's a, that, that's, you know, saying something about uh, Coach Leidner and Coach McNillis, where I would just be losing my damn mind, you know, if we get down this much and throwing stuff on the court, Bobby Knight style. They just, there's this, there's this calmness to, to both of them. And, you know, and, and then that rebounding disparity, that, that wasn't wonderful, but those long three-pointers just create really long rebounds, and sometimes it just goes, like, right over your head. You can box out all you want to. If it's a really long rebound, and it's just going to happen. And then Grayson being out for a while, that was uh, that, that was not ideal. Um, and, and Dom only making the two three-pointers, but at the end of the day, all that being said, we're fine. We're good. Had a chance at the end. Uh, it didn't go down, but – Fun team to watch. Get out and watch them uh, before long. So, and like Patrick mentioned, we are on the road for our next couple of games in the Homewood Suites Classic down in Fort Myers, Florida. But after that, the Sunbelt Conference opener is versus Marshall on Saturday, December 30th at Reed Green Coliseum. That is a 2 p.m. tip. And I guess that's the next game we're going to be able to watch because the guys don't play until January 4th, right? Right. I, I think that's right. They open up at, at Georgia Southern, and right. then they forgot who the – I know the back end of that stretch is JMU at home. I don't know who's before JMU. I can't exactly remember, but I know it's Georgia Southern's the uh, league opener for the men. And the men are sitting at 5-4 and four on the season. The latest game, we beat Northwestern State 83-74. to 74. Northwestern State came in like 1-7 and seven on the season, but they beat us last year. With uh, with 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 the team that we had last year, the Hase and the whole group. So, you know, even at one and seven, I was like, "Good gosh, man, come on, let's uh, let's let's not let our foot off the gas here." We led thirty six to twenty five at half, then gave up a bunch in the second half again. Hope that's not becoming a trend. But Northwestern State scores forty nine points in the second half. Sutter Miss kept pace though with forty seven points of their own. Northwestern State shoots fifty percent in the second half, forty seven percent from three pointer. Sutter Miss shot 60% from the field and 100% from the free throw line in the second half. Uh, we were 18 of 20 from the free throw line for the game uh, and 30 for 61 from the field. So that'll win you a whole bunch of games. USM out-rebounds Northwestern State 40 to 26. You hear all these stats and you're like, gosh, damn, how did we not win by like 40? You know? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Northwestern State did make 11 three-pointers versus USM's five. but you know, this was this is a game. This is the second game now where we've given up. The other one was versus um, Milwaukee. We gave up fifty something points uh, in the second half. Give a bunch of points in the second half in this one too. Um, did you guys catch this game? And what do you think that that might attribute to that? Yeah, I was uh, I was there, and uh, yeah, like you said, Northwestern State was a, a pretty good team last year. But you know, so their their coach went to uh, Austin P. And he took a bunch of the players with them, including uh, they got Demarcus Sharp, who had a great game against USM last year, hit the game winner. Uh, so yeah, I mean they haven't been nearly as good, but you know this was a, a, a game that I felt like Northwestern State kind of, you know, they hit a bunch of circus shots. I felt like from three, they hit some, you know, twenty five, maybe even closer, look like thirty footers. Yeah, well, people uh, and, all up in their face. Yeah, I mean some really difficult shots, and you, you credit them. But yeah, I mean this was a 
the game kind of early on. You felt like USM controlled and Northwestern State got back in and then USM pulled away. And But I think, you know, you talk about the defense struggling. The defense has struggled these last, uh, you know, several games. But I think you kind of look at the offense where after that South Dakota State game, you know, there were serious concerns about, you know, are you going to have enough to generate, mm-hmm. you know, decent offense, offensive production? And you look at these last three games, the team has averaged uh, over 1.2 points per possession uh, in all three of these games, and then uh, one point over 1.25 points per possession in two of the three games, which is uh, put in the context. There's only a couple teams that, you know, in the country that are averaging over 1.2 points per possession. So, I mean, offense has uh, taken a, some huge strides these last few weeks. It's just kind of the, the defense, which was, yeah, I think, what people thought was going to be the strength early on and what was the strength of this team early on. Uh, but now, you know, you kind of have, the offense they've got they've kind of switched places but yeah i mean it was a good win it would have been you know a bad loss against a one and seven you know now one and eight team uh but yeah i mean encouraged to see the offensive improvements but you know concerns about you know defense which is supposed to be a you know, strength of this team yeah, it's kind of weird uh two weeks ago i think me and pillow said this last week like uh, two or three weeks ago i, I didn't think if another score scored if another team scored 75 points i didn't think we could win that game you know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody scored 75. I thought we were going to beat, get beat 75 to 60. And then just Donovan Ivory just, I guess, took the lid off or something uh, up there in Milwaukee. And, and we've just figured out how to be awesome offensively. That coincides with us being not so awesome defensively. Um, but, but anyway, hopefully we've proved we can do both of them. So maybe we can mm-hmm. put them both together at some point, hopefully around conference time and, and really get it done. Pilo, uh, who 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 are the standouts this game? Yeah, um, so I do have to say this is like the first game in Reed Green that I have not been to in probably and didn't watch the women's game, didn't go to the. I know, game. I'm, I'm telling you, about, I have been dominated by just busyness on the weekends. Uh, hey now, but I, I watch. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I did watch. I did watch the first half, but we had that. We had uh, my daughter was singing uh, at church, so we had. Uh, we had that to get to, but uh, so individually, uh, Victor Hart with 17 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block. That's not uh, bad. Yeah, have a night. Uh, Ivory, uh, 13 points, goes 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, but makes seven of eight uh, free throws. Crowley uh, had 10 points, seven assists, just two of two uh, on the free throws, just free throw, two free throw attempts. Awaku had uh, 18 points, three blocks, uh, eight of 12 uh, from the field. And Kobe uh, adds 17 points and five rebounds. So and that, a lot, I of, mean, a lot and, of double digits. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Five guys and double right. figures. Who saw that two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. It's like, I hope that, you know, Ivory and Crowley score 80% of our points. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were moments in those early, in the early parts of the season where I was thinking, who's going to score? I mean, if Crowley's not on, like who, who is going to get the ball in the basket? I mean, I know we can play defense, but like uh, somebody, uh, man, it just seems like offensively, like you said, Patrick, it's, it's they're starting to kind of gel. Um, but you know, we, we do have to, um, figure it out and, and I have 100% confidence uh, in, in coach Cardona. So we'll get it figured out. Yeah. Now this team's just developing right in front of our eyes. I think uh, yeah. Pro is playing a little bit more point uh, when, when Mo is out, Kobe's finding his way. I mean, Pilo and I have been trying, I've been just, you know, 
beating that drum as, as hard as we can beat it, that this guy can absolutely score. He's a scorer. I realize he's got to do a little bit more on defense. I understand that. But, you know, when you're having some offensive struggles, just he's instant offense when he gets in there. Um, defensively, teams are shooting really well against us. I, I talked with uh, Jose Benitez after the game, which, by the way, it's kind of weird. He's not getting on the floor a little bit more. Um, but the first – we just – Jack was down there running around on the court afterwards, and and uh, I just saw him standing there. So we were talking and chit-chatting and, and talking about the game, and he was like, man, everybody shoots well against us. He's like, it doesn't matter what we do. Like, people are just – you know, especially here. I was like, yeah, it's been that way. Yeah, we, we've been saying that. As long as I've been a fan. I don't know yeah. what, what the deal is, um, but, but we're athletic. Uh, we got players that can allow us to match up with different types of lineups. And Patrick, maybe I want to get your perspective on this a little bit. Um, both of the victors are really good. They're long. They're kind of remind us, kind of remind me of a lot of those Memphis guys and we're playing against back in the day. But if we do get that big center like Louisiana had last year, um, we can play that game with Eze in there, right? Um, if we want to go small, if we want to run, we've got the ability to do that. We're a little bit thin at point guard, obviously. Hopefully not for long, but the way the NCAA is looking, uh, I don't have my fingers crossed anymore, I don't think. Um, but what are your thoughts so just on, on maybe not that game in particular, but just how the season's gone so far and where you see this particular lineup being able to take us? Yeah, I think the, the lineup that I think a lot of people want and I think the lineup that's possibly the most productive lineup you can put out there is you're kind of going smaller where you take Ize out uh, for most of the minutes and you have the two uh, victors. Uh, Montgomery, Arnold, and Crowley, and I think that that's a more offensive lineup. Uh, so you mean maybe you give a little bit of defense away, just not having that maybe a true rim protector like an Ize provides, uh, but gives you a little more offense. And I think that's you know a big reason why you've seen this. And then, or sorry, I also forgot about uh, Ivory. Um, <laughs> you can shoot the lights out, right? So I mean, you have kind of that a six man rotation there. Um, and that's more offensively oriented, uh, but like you said, you can also you know play matchup if you ha- if you go up against a true center like a Jordan Brown last year uh, from ULL or like a, a Kevin Samuel from South Alabama. Mm-hmm, uh, so right. I, th- I, th- I think you have options, and I think it's matchup uh, oriented. Where maybe you go a little bit bigger if you play a team with the true center, but you know you play against a Northwest State that didn't really have that. And you kind of go smaller, more guard oriented, and kind of have just two big forwards uh, with the two victors. Yeah, they had a dude. Um, I don't know what his name. I can't remember his name. That that little bitty guy. He, I yeah. mean, I was definitely taller than him. Yeah, I remember it was like David uh, something. Maybe I can't remember. I remember people. I don't know. He's people say, yeah, yeah. He was a good player. He was doing what he was doing. I don't know if he can believe he was doing what he was doing, but <laughs> it was it was fun to watch for sure. Uh, glad we came out of there with the W. Um, up next for the men's basketball team, we are at McNeese State on December third. Test two days. On December 13th in Lake Charles. That game is at 7 p.m. I'm just assuming it's on ESPN Plus. I think everything is from now to the end of time. Everything's on TV somehow. Um, this is a Will Wade coached McNeese State team. I'm sure, we all have thoughts on that guy, uh, but they're pretty good. They're eight and two. They beat UAB by 21 points. You know, we played UAB this year. So this is not when you just, I think when you see McNeese State, you're like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get that W, right? Mm-hmm. This seems pretty good. They also beat the Mississippi University for women, which I think that should be illegal. Um, 92 <laughs> to 23. Uh, 
interesting fact here, the promotion for this game in Lake Charles is free Whataburgers, Pilo. Oh, nice. Of course it, it is. Of course it <laughs> and, is. And they have, if you go to Might as well throw free Jersey Mike's in there, too, and just rub they, it in our face that we don't have, have either yeah. one of those. They have, like, a free something every game. Like, I just the ones that I looked at as I was scrolling down, it was like, free this, free that, free T-shirts, free Whataburgers. Just, you know, it was free something every single night. Um They've won three games in a row and, and and have not lost at home this season. They're a perfect five and zero. Oh. They score eighty two points a game and average twelve steals per game. Patrick, do you know anything about this McNeese State? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they may be the most improved team in all of college basketball. You look at them last year. I mean, they were in the bottom half of the Southland. You know, they were a team that came to Hattiesburg. USN didn't have much of a problem with them at all. Uh, and they were, you know, up sub three hundred. You know, one of the Worst teams in Division One, and then you bring in Will Wade, who's infused this roster with a lot of talent through the portal. And you, like you said, they beat UAB easily in Birmingham. They went on the road and beat BCU, uh, mm-hmm. which is you know always a good team. And I think right now most of the metrics have them as a top 100 team. I mean, they're kind of reminding me of what USM did last year, kind of a, a rags to riches type story where you flip the roster and you go from you know a team in 300s of the ratings to a top 100 team. So this is, I mean, really, I think you kind of look at this game and Ole Miss is the two best non-conference teams on your schedule. And it's going to be a real test. And I think if you win this one, I mean, you know, McNeese would be one of the top three or four teams in the Sun Belt um, in all honesty. So like you said, again, not a you know team you really look at in basketball and say, oh, this is going to be a tough game. But they've really done a 180, uh, you know, through the portal. And uh, it's going to be a real test on Wednesday. Looking forward to it, no doubt. Hopefully, this uh, this offensive surge, which which has a lot to do with taking it to the hole and getting and getting to that free throw line and then making them. You know, uh, we we are really good at doing those things. It kind of reminds me of a Eustachie team. You guys remember that? Eustachie's oh, yeah. whole deal was he wanted to make more free throws than the other team attempted. We're doing a lot of that. Do um, I remember? <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're a loony. I was in every pra- we were in every practice. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Larry's loonies. Yep. <laughs> The OG. Uh, I still have the, I still have the T-shirt somewhere. The original. I've got t-shirt. one shirt. I think it might have not, made, not, made its not way the one that the has the gold basketball. The one that has the orange basketball. That the <laughs> they only made like twenty of them. Oh, Miss Norma gave them. I think gave them to us. And look at her. Look at him name dropping. There we go. Norma on us. Uh, after that, we are at uh, our Southern Miss basketball is at Lamar on December 18th at 7 p.m. Lamar is four and five on the season. They already played UTSA twice somehow. That seems what? impossible this early in the season. They beat them 90 to 82 at home, lost to them 86 to 83 at UTSA. Uh, we've, we've played them a lot recently. Um, our overall record is 11 and six uh, versus Lamar. So anyway, hopefully we can at least come out of those two games. Coming out of those two games, two and zero, would be great. Um, but, but but leading into conference, uh, let's uh, let's let's hope that this McNeese game uh, goes well and, and that we're able to um, get into conference play as healthy as possible. And yeah, fingers crossed, Curbelo. But Patrick, do you have any word on? Do you have any thoughts on Curbelo? Like how, how can how we can like like what what are the odds of him coming back now or? Yeah, uh, yeah, I know as much as anybody else. I mean, it's it's very frustrating uh, that the NCAA is kind of dragging their feet on this. And I kind of have two feelings about this. I think on one hand, I think 
for us is kind of a, a somehow positive but also negative where the positive is i think it is good i think if you're usm it's good that they're not allowing unlimited transfers just generally but i think obviously you look at the short term you had this guy right now i mean you had a carbello there would be a big difference uh to this team so i i can kind of just see a uh the the positive just the long term but obviously the the short term, you really want him to uh, be able to play. So it, it is very frustrating. And you're kind of, you know, seeing some schools get approved and it's kind of just trickling out case by case. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you would hope to get him back by league play. I think, you know, non conference, you, you can kind of live with the missing. But once you get in those league games and you're trying to fight for, you know, a, a top seed or a top four seed in, in the conference tournament, which is very important because, you, you know, you get those. Uh, double buys uh, you really want to have them for those games so hopefully you know this will be resolved in the next couple weeks but again really haven't heard any movement on that either way so well you know he actually did uh, finally get into a stat line the other night just from being on the bench yeah he got a technical foul yes so so he's so i guess he's technically i guess he's i don't know he's part of the team i guess if he's gotten a wouldn't that be weird if that opened up a loophole of some sort yeah, that would somehow USM would get the death penalty because of that because he got a technical and there would be a whole. He came and sat in Section G for a little while. Yeah. I had all kind of people sending me pictures of, of Curbelo sitting in the front row and we're on row five just watching. It's great. Yeah, he's got the, he, he looks pretty cool out there with the sunglasses and the suit. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's all dressed out for these games. It's, pretty, it's fun to watch. Patrick, you destroyed me. Pilo. Ugh. Tough. Come on, come on, Bob. Get Pilo, it together. You Focus. destroyed me in the bowl or the uh, football pick'em this year. Yes. Are we going to do a bowl pick'em? We are. We uh, are probably going to get destroyed uh, by Patrick. There's here. no probably. <laughs> no, don't, don't. No, <laughs> I'm, no I'm usually, I'm usually not that good in these things. Don't, don't give me too much credit. No. We don't do any spreads. We just, we just straight up. It's just, yep. So I guess let's do this. I and mean, we got a bunch of teams in. I mean, heck, 12 uh, Sunbelt uh, teams made bowls. Mm-hmm. They're all starting off pretty soon. I don't know. You probably have it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's starting Saturday, this Saturday, actually. So December the 16th, first game. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, we have Georgia Southern playing Ohio. And since you, we probably don't know anything about most of these teams, uh, I will read the, uh, uh, I guess, the records of each of these teams. So uh, Georgia Southern is uh, finished 6-6, six and six, and Ohio is at 9-3. and three. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio because I don't think Georgia Southern is very good, and I don't like their uniform. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Georgia Southern just because I'm not really – I'm not a big MAC uh, guy. I don't think the MAC – I think the MAC is probably the weakest. I mean, maybe I guess CUSA could potentially be weaker, but one of the weaker two of the G5 conferences. And uh, But Georgia Southern, they did not finish well down the stretch. They lost uh, – you know, they started out hot and then they, they struggled down the stretch. But I think I'm going to take them. I guess it's pretty – as cl- closer to Statesboro than it is uh, to Athens, Ohio. So – Georgia Southern, maybe there'll be some fans there, and that'll give them like half of home field advantage. So I'm going to go with Georgia Southern there. Love it. And uh, I'm going to uh, do what uh, won me this season and rolling with those Georgia schools. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Georgia Southern as well. 
uh let's see next up we have uh the rnl carriers uh new orleans ball and i feel like it's this game is always it's always one of the one of like four teams uh i feel like it, uh it's like troy us or uh, lafayette Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we go. Jacksonville State at eight and four is taking on Louisiana Lafayette, uh, who finished six and six. I'm going to take Jacksonville State. I hope that I'm wrong because I actually like Louisiana Lafayette. I, I like them a lot. I like those guys. I like the pod they do. I like the team. I like the cool ass renovations they're getting done to their stadium right now. But uh, I'm going to I'm I'm going to pick Jacksonville State just because. I'm going to go with the Cajuns. Uh, they'll probably uh, kind of the same thing we want to do Southern, kind of that half home field advantage. And But, I mean, Jacksonville State had a nice year. They went 8-4, and four, uh, were competitive on the road at, at South Carolina late in the season. You know, Rich Rodriguez, obviously, veteran coach, but he's done a good job, you know, taking them uh, up in the FBS. And, you know, like we said, that's the team the USM will go on the road and play next year. But I, I'm going to go with the Cajuns, although I don't feel great about it. Oh, man. Uh I think I'm going to lean Jacksonville State on this one as well. So, and I am taking all this down for uh, bragging rights. So, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Next up, we have the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Uh, avocado from Mexico. Um, <clears throat> had to do that. Uh, that is Miami of Ohio, who is 11 and two. Hello, and they are facing App State, who finished eight and five. God, you know, I really wanted to pick a lot of Sun Belt teams because I really do have some Sun Belt pride. I've I've never had any of that conference wise, but all through the Conference USA years, I never cared. Like if Memphis won a game, for some reason in the Sun Belt, I maybe it's because we're no good. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I I, I generally pull for a lot of these teams. But uh, am I gonna have to go three for three? Hmm. Yeah, you're you're not starting off great as far as a Sun Belt homer. Mm, no pressure. I'll take, I, I, I'll take App just to just for no other reason that you that you didn't start with them first. Since I've gone against the Sun Belt two games in a row, I'm going to pick App. So I'm sure yeah. you guys aren't. So I'll be zero and three, and you guys will be three and up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to go with Miami here. Uh, they've had a great year, eleven and two. Chuck Martin's been there almost a decade. Uh, but the, you know, they, they got back the, uh, the victory bell, I believe they call it. They beat Cincinnati earlier in the year, which was the first time they've done that in maybe 20 years. So it's, it's been a dream season for those guys. And I'm going to say they cap it off w- with the bowl win over App State. Oh boy. Um, this is just kind of a coin flip. I'm going to go App State. Um, yeah, lock it in. Uh, next up. We have the famous toastery bowl uh, featuring the seven and five Western Kentucky. Are they still CUSA? Yes. Okay. Uh, versus well, the six so, and six Old Dominion. I'll take Old Dominion, even though Monarchs. everybody knows that listens to the pod that I have zero respect for Old Dominion whatsoever. I don't know how we, I don't know, I, don't, I still don't know how we lost that game, only giving up eight passes completed. But I hate Western Kentucky. I do like Bailey Zappi, but I hate Western Kentucky. So I'm taking Old Dominion. Yeah, I'm going to go with WKU here. I think they kind of underachieved. I mean, I think a lot of people thought they were going to win the CUSA with Austin Reed, their quarterback. I think Tyson Helton's a good coach. 
Uh, and like, like you said, Old Dominion, in, they kind of had some fraudulent wins. I mean, this is a very close wins. I mean, you know, they only beat Texas M Commerce by one. Uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Western Kentucky here. I think I'm going to go Western too. I, I hate them, but I just, uh, uh, looking at that stat line, even, even if he had a down year, this Reed guy throwing 31, uh, touchdowns, um, or at 3,300 yards. I just can't uh, get past that uh, Conference USA championship game. Oh, I know. I was I just, there. I just can't get past it. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Uh, I agree. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go Western Kentucky as well. Uh, next up, we have the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl featuring uh, another former Conference USA, UTSA, who was 8-4 and four versus Marshall 6-6. Six and six. Well, now I'm just going to get on the Sun Belt train because I guess there are plenty of CUSA schools that I hate, so I'm taking Marshall. Yeah, I'm going to go with the UTSA here. Uh, UTSA had another good year. Uh, you know, Frank Harris there for his 20th year college football, feels like. Uh, but they got they got a good coach, Jeff Trailer, And, you know, Marshall really came apart there at the end. You know, the uh, they ended up retaining the coach, but a lot of people were frustrated with kind of the direction of the program. And then you had – uh, yeah, I mean, the coach, yeah, Charles Huff, you know, came out and uh, was kind of, you know, saying they don't have any NIL to, to keep their quarterback. And, you know, the fans were hating the quarterback or something. He really had a statement on that. So it seems like that program is kind of in a mess right now. And I feel like UTSA has a good quarterback, good coach, and they're really stable. Uh, and it's also, you know, just like uh, I was talking about earlier with some of these other bowls, closer to home for UTSA. So um, I'll stick with the Roadrunners in this one. Oh, um, see, he makes such a good point. So now you're teetering. I know. I mean, I, I get to hear it all. Then I have to make a decision. Uh, <laughs> am I going to be a homer or am I going to go with all that knowledge that was just dropped? Uh, Marshall. Uh, next up, we have the 76 Birmingham Bowl. I guess 76, like the gas or oil company. I don't know. Uh, it's not like the 76th annual, but okay. Uh, pretty good one here. Troy 11 and two versus the Duke blue devils who finished Dude. seven and five. Probably the only game that I'll watch in the yeah, whole season is, is this game. And I'm, I'm pulling for Troy so hard. Um, is our coach going to coach this game? I don't, I think they announced the interim today. So I, I don't think they will, but Duke is also has an interim because uh, their coach with and m So, Oh, that's right. Well, as long as his name isn't Shashevsky, then I think that I'm still taking Troy. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I love Troy. I think they're great. I think that their time is hopefully their 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 time being atop the conference is is coming is 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 just about up. But they remind me a lot of us back in the day, like how we were. The reason we were good was because of defense, and we did enough on offense, and we had some explosive plays, and people hated playing us, and that's what I feel about Troy. So. I like them. Um, I'm taking Troy. Yeah, I think I am too. I think both teams on interim quarterback, but I feel like Troy, they're going to be fired up, you know, playing an ACC team. And, you know, unfortunately, this is the only, um, you know, game that, that really the high profile game, I guess you, you talk about uh, with Troy playing Duke out of the ACC. And um, so you, you probably get more eyes on this game than any other uh, Sunbelt Bowl game. Uh, so I think Troy playing close to home. They'll be pumped, uh, and I think they're going to play hard for the interim and, and get the win. Blue Devils. 
Oh, can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Christian Leitner. <laughs> I don't know how that's relevant, but you know, Grant Hill, uh, Bobby Hurley, JJ Reddick, making it rain. Carlos Boozer, Duke Blue Devils, baby. I don't know. What was that game that, like, wouldn't that, didn't they have a crazy game this year? It like went late. Am Duke. I, am I making that up? Yeah. Uh, uh, they play like a double overtime against UNC. I there we go. That. That's yeah. it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was the game. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That was entertaining. I don't know. And they probably even lost it. I think. Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that makes so much sense. I'm going to go with Duke. Love it. Uh, let's see. Next up. Uh, whoo. On a roll. Um, I clicked the wrong button. Let's see. Okay. The Camilla Bowl, uh, one that actually hasn't changed this year, I don't think. Uh, Arkansas State sitting at six and six versus Northern Illinois at six and six. I'll take Arkansas State. That that little quarterback just has the ability to run away with stuff. So I'm taking Arkansas State. Yeah, I would agree. I think I'm going to go with Arkansas State. They've had a nice turnaround. Uh, Rainer has been really good as, as a true freshman. I uh, got that. I think has a bright future. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Arkansas State here. I agree. Uh, I'm gonna go make the first clean sweep. I think we've had uh, Arkansas State and Rainer, who does not have an image on ESPN. Who would have seen that 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 happening at the beginning of the year? Like, hey, at the end of the year, you three guys are gonna pick the bowl games, and all three of you are gonna very quickly pick Arkansas State to win. Yeah, that was the <laughs> fastest one we've done. Uh, yes, uh, I don't. Know. I mean, it's. You watch that guy play, uh, he's he's the kind of player that uh, every team's looking for. Uh, next up, we have the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. I love that bowl. Featuring James Madison, 11-1, and one, sitting against uh, Air Force, 8-4. and four. James Madison, they're just too good. Uh, I don't know anything about Air Force at all. And I realize James Madison's got a coaching thing. Blah blah blah. I don't care. James Madison. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I think you know Air Force earlier in the year. I mean, they looked like they were going to potentially be a New Year's Six Bowl team. Uh, kind of fell off late, and then JMU. I mean, obviously had a tremendous year, going eleven and one. I think they were top twenty in the S and P Plus ratings, which is computer rating that I like. So they've been one of the you know really better teams in the country, uh, honestly. So I, I'm going to go with uh, with JMU here. Yeah, I mean, you weren't kidding. Falling off, and they lose the last. Well, they start eight and zero, and they go. They lose the last four. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go James Madison as well. Uh, firm believer in them all season long. Uh, next, we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, featuring Georgia State six and six versus Utah State six and six. Hmm. And I tell you, at the last what three games that we've done have been a three or the line has been uh, three or less on, so it is very close on these. Um, so I like Granger, um, but you know I don't I don't like the Georgia teams like Pilo does. <laughs> and Utah State, that's closer to Utah. How's that for a stat? Uh, so I'm taking Utah State. Yeah, I am too. I think Georgia State, they feel like they struggled down the stretch. I mean, they had, you know, really gotten off to a, a great start. I mean, kind of like the, both the Georgia schools in the league, you know, started off hot and then they cooled down the stretch. So uh, I'm going to go with Utah State there. So y'all both went Utah State, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go Georgia State. We're sticking with it. 
Uh, let's see. We have, oh, this is an easy pick. Uh, the 68 Ventures Bowl featuring South Alabama at 6-6 six and six versus Eastern Michigan 6-6. Six and six. I'm going to take in, in Mobile at oh, their own stadium. Yeah, yes. Eastern Michigan because I can't stand. I don't even know what color Eastern Michigan is. That's how little I know about this. But it's how much I hate Green. South Alabama. Yes. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, with South here, or uh, like was uh, mentioned, that is basically a home game for them. I think what's the this is the, has to be the biggest line. It's like a 14 point line, maybe 16 now. 16. Okay, yeah. So it's South be is that much funnier when South loses. Yeah, South is a uh, a big favorite, and uh, you know South, even though they went six and six, they had some close losses and they had some blowout wins. I mean, obviously they had the best win of the conference, beating Oklahoma State like right. they did. Um, so I think this is South and. They should be the biggest favorite out of all these games. So, where are you going, Pilo? Eastern Michigan, easiest decision <laughs> uh-huh. I've had all day. Um, I will die on that hill. Uh, next up, we have the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, uh, not featuring a Hawaii team. Uh, Coastal seven and five. Enjoy that Hawaii trip, and San Jose State at seven and five. I'll take San Jose State. Yeah, I think I am too. I don't as McCall. I, I guess he's in the portal. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I I don't think he is. Um, but either way, I mean, he he's taken a step back under this uh, new coaching staff they brought in. He hasn't been as dynamic as he was under Chadwell. Uh, and I'll say easier trip for San Jose. They'll have to fly cross country, then across the ocean. They just got to go across the Pacific. So I'm uh, I'm going to go San Jose State here. I'm going to make another clean sweep. Um, I, I picked Coastal a lot this year, but yeah, I just I don't see it happening. Too many question uh, marks. Yep. And last game, we mm-hmm. have uh, December 26. We have the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl uh, with Texas State uh, versus Rice. Get creative, uh, bowl oh, God. teams. Texas State by <laughs> one thousand points. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go Texas State here. You know, obviously they've had a great turnaround going seven and five. Uh, big fan of GJ Kenny when he's done. And, uh, you know, Rice kind of squeaked in there at six and six. So I'm going to go with Texas State. First bowl ever uh, for Texas State. So I uh, bet they'll bring a bunch of folks there playing in the state. Uh, and, you know, exciting for them to, uh, to play in the first bowl game. Oh, I did not know that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, Rice, I will hate you forever for what you did last year <laughs> in the bowl game. Uh, and you and your three person band. Um, so uh, prepare yourself, Texas State. You know Rice is going to be ready to make fun of you for something. So uh, I'm sure oh, they, might have, they, might, they might have things I thrown out about the that. field uh, by the, all the Texas State fans. But, yeah, clean sweep uh, to end it, uh, Texas State. Very good. So listen in next week to see how bad Patrick beat us. No, I don't. Don't give me too much credit. Yeah, I, yeah we'll, I, have a, we'll have two weeks. I think <laughs> just about two weeks of. Oh, this will take uh, us till we You're get right. to the end. Yeah, You're right. But we'll we'll keep you updated next week on on the, on these early games. Tweet of the week, Pilo. What do we have? Uh, what did we have? As I switch windows here, here we go. Uh, let's see. We had uh, at twenty eighteen. Ron Ock said, "Quote, folks, I can see it now. The first two weekends of February will be mid fifties to low eighties with beautiful winter blue skies. The but the minute college baseball opening day rolls around, the jet stream 
will send us a 38 degree wet opening day and it will be glorious. And that is the absolute <laughs> honest truth. That is hey, I'm, I'm about a weather tweet. I love it. Hey, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I, I so I've got a lot of friends right now. We all go to these uh, youth sports sporting events a lot. And we sit on the sidelines during uh, tremendously cold weather and tremendously hot weather. Just watching. Uh huh. Well, they've got battery powered heated vests now. Have you seen these? Yes. Is that a brand new thing? It's brand new to me. It's it's but, been around a little bit. A lot of uh these hardcore a buddy of mine's a hardcore like deer hunter, uh, and he has one. Uh, he uh, he was he had the first one I've ever seen. But yeah, that is you've brilliant. got to have one of these during the first year because in, in baseball season, you know, we'll be out there in the roost, and at the beginning of the season, you got to wear one of those. Or you got to be standing next to the dude that's got the heater or, or the fire you know, pit or the fire pit. You got to stand like you know downwind or upwind from it, I guess. Because if you're downwind, you're going to smell like you sat inside a fire all night long. Um, but these heated vests, man, I think I'm going to get me and Katie. That, that might be the only way I can get her out to a baseball game before, you know, April. <laughs> because, because it's so cold at the beginning of this. But, but, but that tweet is absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. The, the week leading up, I might have to, like, mow my grass. And then the week of... You know, I can't leave my driveway because it's iced over. That's just the way, way, way baseball season rolls. <laughs> um, in other news, oh, so this is an interesting tidbit. Mark Blackburn has been named the PGA top teacher, and there's a nice little write-up uh, on him that, that was posted by by Eddie and, and the golf team. Uh, I actually got to meet him at, at, at that uh, – M Club Hall of Fame event this year. He was inducted into the M Club Hall of Fame. But he's the guy now. Um, all the top pros are, are going towards him or, or, or using uh, Mark uh, to help them. Uh, Max Homa, I think, kind of leading that list there. So, yep. Very cool that, that Mark is, is doing that and, and that he's, and that he's it's from here. It's really, 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 really neat. Um, hopefully, we'll have him on the pod one of these days. Uh, in football news, uh, Nick Mullins got in the game last night versus the Raiders, and the the, the Vikings ended up winning three to nothing. Uh, he goes nine for thirteen for eighty three yards through a couple darts that I saw in the highlights. We have hired ourselves an offensive coordinator at Southern Miss, and maybe a defensive coordinator, but the offensive coordinator is 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 a true thing. Uh, he's his name's Chip Long. He's been at Memphis. He's um, he's been at uh, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. Tulane. A, a finalist for the Broyles Award uh, a time or two before. I think so. So we have hired ourselves one of those. And I, I think I heard on Eagle Hour where Coach Hall is completely relinquishes it. He's like, he's it's his. I'm not dabbling in it. Um, he's the guy. So we've got one of those. So I, I, I guess that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's one of those. You have to make some drastic changes, right? And this is a pretty drastic change. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Patrick, did you, you know anything else about uh, Chip Long? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a guy, if you, you kind of go back, he, he, he was a uh, position coach, I think, at Arizona State. He kind of came up with Norvell, and then he went to Memphis. His offenses in Memphis were good. Uh, was it Notre Dame? Offenses there were good. I think, uh, you know, I think they wanted to kind of take that elite level uh, or that jump to the elite level from just maybe good to 
you know, great. And maybe they weren't able to do that. Uh, but I mean, certainly his offense is a top 25 each year, Notre Dame. Uh, and then, you know, he, you know, like we said, got left, uh, let go at Notre Dame, was an analyst at Tennessee for a year, went to Tulane, uh, 2021, which wasn't a good year for Tulane, but I mean, it was kind of more the defense was worse than the offense. There wasn't necessarily all on the offense. And then, uh, you know, struggled at Georgia Tech last year. So, uh, I mean, he's a guy. I mean, I think if you're a USM, you're either going to get somebody that's completely unproven and young, you know, kind of like what Austin Armstrong was, or you're going to get a guy that's, you know, been around the block a time or two, uh, had has had mixed results, but has had some success. And uh, you kind of hope that he can you know, bring back some of those, you know, good years he had at, you know, Memphis and Notre Dame and uh, have that kind of production here. Um, so I think I think it's realistically about as good of a hire as you could make. I think it was kind of expected just based on his connections with Hall and other people. You know, they get they get frustrated because they think Hall hires, you know, his, all of his roommates. And you know, you know, one of my jokes is, you know, I think Hall, based on all the every uh, coach that's uh, said to be his roommate, he might have had lived in the biggest house in Florence, Alabama. But I think realistically. <laughs> Uh, I think this is a, a, about of a solid as a hire as you can make. Just, I mean, he's a guy that's you know, cold plays six uh, seasons, has been at some big stops, and he's had some success. Uh, so I think this is. Um, I don't think he's going to be Kyle Shanahan Jr. or anything, but I think he could uh, very well uh, lead some productive offenses here. So we hired Shannon Dawson. <laughs> just kidding. No. Hopefully it works out. Look, I mean, just yeah. I mean, every you made some great points all the way around, and mm-hmm. and I mean, coaches have to know that. Look, this is a you know we we heard Ladner talk about it um, after the season started last year that he was up front saying you know this might be it, right? You might come here for just one year. So that I guess they have to know that, and maybe when you're backed in a corner that that brings the best out in you. I don't know, but let's hope it works out. The offense showed a lot of improvement. I thought through to, I thought really our team showed a lot of improvement. Um, it's just we just weren't that good last year, right? And that's kind of just really what it came down to. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, we, we've heard rumors. This may be true. It may not be true. I don't know. But the possible hire for defensive coordinator is a guy named Clay Bignell out of Eastern Illinois. Either one of you guys have any info on Clay, even though it's speculative. We don't know if he's going to be here, but – Reading the, the the tea leaves, it seems like it's a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. Uh, he's coordinated, or he's called plays one year at Eastern Illinois, and they saw big improvement. I think they they went eight and three uh, this last year. Uh, and you look at last year before he took over the defense. I mean, it was not a great unit. I think it was in the seventies, and this last year they were a top twenty five defense in F- FCS. Uh, so they saw a, a ton of improvement, and a big reason why they went. From you know not really great in 2022 to you know good in 2023 was the defense all big jump. So I think you know kind of talking like you talked about you they're going to get guys that are kind of unproven, young guys that are unproven or guys that have kind of been around the block too. And I think you kind of see both of uh, you know each of these and the you know these potential coordinator hires with with DC still being potential. Or I think Big Nail not super proven, but in the one year he he's called plays. Uh, uh, defensively uh he had success and i think uh, he probably comes recommended from chip along he was a like a ga or an analyst at notre dame but at the same time along was there hmm. um so i think this is i think both hires have potential i mean both you know they're not none of there's really aren't, aren't any surefire you know hires out there but i think you can make an argument that you know both are, are going to be able to do well so 
Yeah, and I'm going to make the connection uh, about as good as my ball picks, but uh, his one year in Eastern Illinois, uh, another quarterback that played at Eastern Illinois, Tony Romo, Cowboys fan, I'm in. Sean Payton as well played there. No, not a Saints guy, but yeah. yeah I'm as well, Jimmy Garoppolo did too. They've had a lot of quarterbacks come through there. There we go. I'll tell you what, we can do a lot of work with the with the name Big Nell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we if, can. If, if he if he really does, you know, like if, if we if the nasty munch does make an appearance, like which by the way, let's just shelf that for a while, okay? Until <laughs> until we can really bring it back out. Well, I mean, nasty works both ways. It was kind of nasty. Yes, that's true. Should we do the nasty bunch cheer like after like a eighty yard touchdown pass? <laughs> I'm not advocating for that. Oh gosh. Um, other news: Frog has entered the NFL draft, even though I think Frog was already done with his eligibility. Seems to be a lot of that going around. Uh, and TQ Newsom is has decided he's foregoing his final year of eligibility to enter medical school. So that is that's a guy that we should interview. And if you think you know, Patrick makes us feel like like we're a little dumber. I think, but a medical school guy. That would straight go over my head for sure. So we will try no to, you know, we can interview him now. We've done this before where you interview him like really soon after they leave and you introduce him as a former Golden Eagle and blows him away every single time. Not that guy because he's smarter than us. But anyway, uh, you guys go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Patrick, can you remind them how to do that real quick? Yeah, I, I just go to YouTube and type in uh, to the top talk. Uh, it, it will be near the top, not quite at the top yet. We're, we're getting there. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of co- content out there yet. Uh, we are, it's early. Uh, we do have a, a couple of things on there. Um, but uh, as soon as we get rolling with these lives, there will be a lot of content there. So go ahead and subscribe. Uh, one thing to, to uh, do is to also hit the bell uh, right next to the subscribe button, because once we go live, you'll get a notification that, hey, uh, these guys are live. Um, and that will kind of let you know, uh, when we go live and then you can jump on there and comment, uh, and let us know that you want to, uh, join us. So near the top. I like that. That should be our next t-shirt. Yes. Not quite there. Near the top. First down Southern Miss near the top. (laughs) Shout outs fellas. Um, first of all, well, I'll, I'll kick it to you, Patrick, to start us off, um, here with, with shout outs. And while you're thinking about it. I'll say a few words, but thank you before I forget for coming on tonight uh, and hitting us with all the knowledge and, um, and and it's been great. And anytime you want to jump on, we are here. Uh, whenever you get that buzzardry podcast back going again, always enjoyed it. Uh, it, it, you know, I feel like all of us podcasters kind of have our own lane really, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you guys had your own thing going on and I enjoyed it. Uh, you and Ben did a fantastic job, but uh, before we get out of here, are there any shout outs that you would like to give? Uh, a short notice. So I don't really have it, uh, <laughs> any that I, that I can think of just, yeah. Shout out to you guys for having me on. Yeah. This is, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, uh, don't, don't give me too much credit for these, uh, for these, uh, these stats make me maybe seem a little more knowledgeable than I actually am. I'm not actually not, don't, don't have, uh, you know, 200 IQ. I'm, not nearly as knowledgeable as you know people make make me out to be so (laughs) pila yeah uh well you know patrick to make you feel better i I know this is coming every week and i'm ill prepared so uh (laughs) 
<laughs> one I, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, I, and i did this last week before her performances but uh my daughter uh crushed it um and it was just an awesome performance at temple's uh christmas uh service so she performed saturday and sunday uh, and i got to go to both and uh, sat, got a seat on the front row which uh man sunday night was felt like Disney world getting into, uh, it was like so many people, but, uh, it was great. She did so good. And she's actually kind of battling a little, uh, sickness right now. Um, so trying to, trying to get her, <laughs> uh, ironed out and, uh, but it's so proud of her. She stood up there and, and did great. So, um, and then really, uh, really, I was just going to give, uh, uh, Patrick, a, a, uh, shout out for coming on and a great name, great guest. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, and again, you're welcome to join us anytime. Well, thank you guys. Uh, and I'll give a few of my own before we get out of here. Uh, Jamie and Melissa Arrington saw them over at, at a Christmas, well, the Christmas party that Slade and Shara White put on uh, this past Friday. So give all those guys a shout out. Uh, Sean and Missy McGee saw them down <laughs> at the uh, at the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, that my they, my dad said he saw you. Yeah, so they were walking around, and um, I think your dad was in there buying a beer. So I stood next to him, and I got me a beer. And then Missy walks up. So anyway, it was it was it was, uh, it was good to, to see them. Um, I ran into Doctor Joe Paul. Uh, Jack had practice at Sacred Heart on Saturday morning, and. I got tired of watching it, so I was just walking around. And, you know, Joe, he's still got that, that house down there by Sacred Heart on Court Street. So I turned the corner, and he's like, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, always great to, to run into Dr. Uh, Joe Paul. I uh, wanted to take the time to uh, to thank everybody that wished me a happy birthday today. It's um, it's 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 a lot, man. It's, it's, it's crazy to, to how many people will, will, will tell you happy birthday and it's not hard to do. And I get it. It takes two seconds, but it means a lot and I appreciate it. And the last shout out I was going to give is to Adam Doliak and his wife McKinnon. They are expecting. I'm sure. That's going to be a really pretty child. with probably a whole bunch of athletic <laughs> ability and, you know, like everything that I can't do. So looking forward to that. Yes, yeah. he'll uh, have so, the ability to play the ukulele like in the first six months. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> stream whatever, all that stuff. Anyway, but yeah, uh, so you guys, thank you so much. Um, this episode, of course, was brought to you by our good friends over at Four Street Bar and Grill, where they are famous for installing and servicing hangovers. Go see our friends at Four Street Bar today. And thanks for everybody for listening in today, whatever day you might have listened, and whichever platform you chose to listen in on. Remember, you can follow me at Bumper J Bailey and Patrick at P Lowry, and our third guest, uh, Patrick at W M P W P McGee with the M C G E at whatever.com. And uh, <laughs> so do that. Uh, you can follow us on all the social at to the top talk and don't forget about the mailbag to the top talk at gmail.com hope you guys enjoyed it tell somebody to the top today and as always so the miss to the top talk i could play for alabama usc our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all shame 
I was born here in Hattiesburg Never ventured far away When it comes to playing football Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 